Welcome back to the Gather Round Podcast, a podcast all about summer camps. I'm one of your hosts, Jacob Clark, here with my wife, Emma Clark. In this episode, we will be talking about life in community. In our trailer to this podcast, we alluded to it, but we never really got to talk about the specifics about of what our job really is. <laughs> and there's kind of like a running joke the first four weeks of the summer as everyone on the leadership team and the specialists tried to answer that question of what our job descriptions really were. As the summer went on, we learned more about our jobs and became more comfortable in our roles as leads or specialists. This summer at Mount Hermon is very different compared to previous <laughs> summers, which makes our jobs unique but also a little confusing. Here's a quick overview of how the jobs are structured. There are two camp directors, and then we have the leadership team, which are the supervisors of camp. They supervise the people doing the skits throughout the summer, the games and adventure activities that happen, the pool activities, the band, and the craft shack. Then we have the counselors, the adventure recs, the lifeguards, band members, and the fountain manager. Now we're going to make things a little more confusing. So at Mount Hermon, there are three different programs and camps that they run each summer. Those camps are Redwood Camp, Conference Center, and Ponderosa Lodge. Now, Redwood Camp serves middle school students. Conference Center is where they run their family camp. And Ponderosa Lodge serves the junior high and high school students. Now, during a traditional summer, each location would have their own set of director, leadership team, and staff. However, this is the first time that Redwood and Ponderosa have welcomed campers since 2019 due to the pandemic. And with that being the case... This was a total reset year for these two locations and led to needing some creativity from the camp directors, which led to what is now called Super Camp. They combined a staff of 55 people to work at both Redwood and Ponderosa. And don't be confused by the name Super Camp being the theme of the summer, because that's what I thought. I thought it was going to be like superheroes. We're just two camps combined making a Super Camp. (laughs) Um, but basically, we would spend one week at Redwood Camp, four weeks at Ponderosa, and then two and a half weeks back at Redwood. So now that we broke that down just a little bit and we understand a little bit more about what our summer looks like logistically, let's dive into what the relational aspect of the summer looks like for us. So living in community is something that we spent a lot of time during training week talking about because if you can't live and function in a healthy way with your community, then the camp will not run as well. And what we mean by living in community is simply living with 50 other people around your age for an entire summer. During our week and a half of training, this was something that was strongly conveyed to us and is something that is still encouraged to pursue as we come to the halfway point of our summer. We were taught how to resolve healthy conflict about appropriate boundaries and how to live in a community of your peers while also connecting to campers. While originally we thought that two weeks was a lot for training, we quickly understood not just the importance of the training material, but the depth of it. Uh, While I worked at the summer camp before in 2019, I had never worked in a job position that was specific to counseling other people. And I also had only worked at one of the camps, so (laughs) combining the two was a a lot, (laughs) to say the least. Um, But in our case, we aren't camp counselors, but instead we counsel the counselors. (laughs) (laughs) So essentially what we figured out is that our job title is to support, 
minister to and protect the counseling team. The counseling team contains 30 people, 16 women, and 14 men. During training week, we spend a lot of time learning how to lead meetings and encourage them towards Mount Hermon's vision and values. Mm-hmm. We wanted to use this summer to motivate them through their exhaustion and encourage behavior that spoke strongly to the vision of Mount Hermon to see lives refreshed, renewed, and transformed. So by the end of our training weeks, we had memorized not only their vision statement, but also their five values to be intentional Excellent, Jesus-centered, relational, and camper-focused. It is our job to make sure that everything our team does is being done through the filter of those five values. But how do we encourage that to happen? And how do we encourage people to not only memorize the vision statement, but to live it out with their every breath? So to answer those questions, we have to go back to one of our first individual meetings with the two camp directors, Caroline Smith and Kelsey Patterson two of the best people in the world, and two absolutely incredible people to work for. Um, As we finished going over a plan for our first week at camp, and as we were getting ready to leave the meeting, Kelsey gave both of us a 75-page book that would shape our view of this summer. Um, The book was called Making Vision Stick by Andy Stanley, who is the founder and senior pastor of North Point Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. The book talks about how to lead a team in such a way That when they leave the meeting that you hosted, they're not only confident that they know what the vision is, but they're excited to live it out. We were to incorporate this into our daily meetings with counselors and teach them how to live out the vision of lives refreshed, renewed, and transformed. So every morning from 8.15 to about 8.45 (laughs) while the campers were at breakfast, we'd have a morning meeting just with the counselors to inspire them with vision, talk details about the day, and encourage and celebrate any positive behaviors that have been noted throughout the week. Sometimes we would start with a question for that week's counseling team, such as, what is a story from this week in which your campers have taken one step closer to Jesus? On other days, we have them introduce us to their younger selves by telling us either a funny or serious story about who they were in high school, junior high, uh, elementary school, etc. All sorts of stories. (laughs) Which led to not only us growing together, closer together, but just more laughs than I can count. Mm -hmm. Um, Next in our meetings, we would go over the schedule for the day and any extra information that they needed to know that was conveyed to us during our leads meeting. We tried to keep this portion of the meeting short so that it was not overwhelming or hard for anyone to remember. Then we finish the meeting most days by encouraging them. We do this very plainly by telling them how great of a job they have been doing, by celebrating something that we have seen them doing well, such as being intentional with campers, or remind them that they were hand-picked to be where they are and to be in the cabins that they are in. Yes, and that... (laughs) is by far the most consistent part of our schedule. And it turned out to be one of my favorite parts. When we first found out that we were going to be leading a meeting every single day (laughs) of 20-plus people, it was super intimidating. But it definitely um, has been a huge blessing for us and a huge growing point um, to just get excited to to lead people. Yeah. But if we had to write our job description in one sentence, it would say that we need to be available at all times of the day to encourage, support, and lift up counselors to ensure that the values of camp are upheld 
and to maintain a safe environment for every camper. Mm. So what that looks like changes from week to week and even from day to day. Um, it's looked like 4 a.m. hospital runs for counselors, <laughs> coffee runs to stave off the midweek moodies, or even calling parents to send a camper home due to disciplinary purposes. Now, just looking at a brief overview of our jobs, it would be incredibly easy to feel discouraged when it feels like we only get to see the worst side of campers and the sad and heartbreaking interactions of disciplining campers. However, it has been really cool for God to show us that through these hard interactions comes growth. For only the plants that survive through the winter may experience the depth of growth and enjoyment of life that spring may bring. We do these things not so that kids feel hated or not accepted at camp. In some instances, we do these things to protect other campers and to hopefully encourage each camper towards a life with Christ and that is centered around Christ through corrective actions. Now, whether it's a corrective coaching conversation with a camper or a counselor, the idea of the last 10% comes into play. And the last 10%, as explained to us, emphasizes that in every conversation, in the context of conflict resolution, there's the last little bit that each person needs to say. They finish resolving the conflict, they're mentally and emotionally exhausted, but one member of the conversation thinks, should I bring this last little bit up, or should I save it for later? Always, always, always <laughs> finish that conversation. You have come this far, and you just need to finish the conversation and not stew on something that may cause more resentment just to come back at a different time and have another difficult conversation. You already worked so hard to get where you are. <laughs> you might as well put in the last 10% instead of needing to come back to it at a later time and open up old wounds. Yeah. <laughs> the last 10% is an idea that is needed to be applied just about every day that we've spent at camp, and not just in our hard conversations, but in the daily routine. So we learned about the last 10% during our training week, and literally the next day I had to use it um, just in working with another a friend on a project that was literally not even really part of our job. We were just decorating something. And I was so tired and so annoyed and just wanted to be done with it. And all she said to me was 10%, <laughs> the last 10%. And I was like, you're right, you're right. We just got to finish this out. <laughs> um, so it works not only in conversations, but... In pretty much anything. <laughs> um, but I think that with a counseling team of about 20 to 24 people each week, each person hits a hard moment at different times. And it's been important for them to remember to push through and to give their last 10%. And that's been something that we've tried to not only encourage them with verbally, but also to encourage them by doing that ourselves. Um, we've had to have a lot of hard conversations with counselors um, as the summer has gone on. And so just showing them, hey, um, we're going to be leading by example and taking the next step towards mm -hmm. talking about the last 10% um, has hopefully shown them this is one, how you do it, and two, that it's something that can be done. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, for the past three weeks, we've been at Ponderosa Lodge working with junior high and high school students. 
Uh, and during our second week here, I feel like we as a camp kind of started living off the last 10%. <laughs> And not necessarily in a good way. It was just kind of all that we had left mm -hmm. energy-wise. Yes. So, infamously referred to as the Pondy Plague. Two weeks ago, we sent home 30 campers within a span of two days. For a camp that had 150 kids that week, that's a lot to send home. Luckily, it wasn't COVID, but it felt like every hour a new group of kids came down with the same symptoms that others were feeling. Our admin, admin lead was consistently making calls home. Families were showing up sporadically to pick up their sick campers, and some counselors went from having eight campers to having two by the end of the week. It was not the opening to a junior high week that we felt was coming our way. We left that week exhausted and discouraged as we were hesitant for what our second and final week of junior high camp would hold. In our Sunday meeting with the counseling team before any campers had arrived, we really tried to encourage them with Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 which reads, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We encouraged them that when difficulties arose after an extremely emotionally challenging and draining week to give up everything that they are wrestling with to Jesus and that by doing so they would bear a lighter burden. Yeah, by the grace of God, during that second junior high week, 75% of the kids out of 180 campers stood up on Thursday night and said that they either accepted Jesus into their hearts or recommitted their life to him. There's nothing more encouraging than that for the staff. That is why we do what we do here at camp. On Saturday morning at the closing staff meeting for the week, somebody prayed, Thank you for peeling back the curtain to show us what you have been doing, Lord. You didn't have to, but we thank you that you did. Without God, this camp runs on fumes and would not be worth the effort that we put into it. But thankfully, God makes everything that the staff has sacrificed worth it. He took us from our worst and hardest week yet to a week better than we could have ever imagined. Luckily, however, not every interaction or week that we have with campers uh, are negative or hard. Part of our job is that every night after the campers head back to their cabins, we go and we do rounds. Now, if cabins have their porch light on, it means that they need something. And if it's off, it means that they are good for the night. 95% of the time that we go up to a cabin, it's because they left their porch light on by accident <laughs> or the campers turned on not knowing what it means. <laughs> but one night, we walked up to one of the boys' cabins during a junior high week. I knocked on the door and I heard one of the staff members in the cabin yell, thank goodness help is here. <laughs> I just die laughing as he opens the door and he asks me to settle a debate that their cabin has been having. <laughs> With everyone in the cabin listening and staring at me so intently, the staff member asks, is it okay for <laughs> counselors to sleep with their shirts off? I just die laughing. Mm -hmm. As I responded, I said, yes, it is totally okay. This cabin of junior high boys immediately <laughs> erupted into arguments saying, that is so gross. We don't want to stare at our counselors shirtless. That is so weird. Why can't they put a shirt on? <laughs> As I stopped laughing for just a second, I left the cabin with this thought. I said, you know, you don't need to stare at your counselor when he's sleeping. 
And I left the cabin knowing that the conversation was far from over. And sure enough, it became the running joke at our Leeds meeting the next morning and all throughout camp as the boys would not leave it alone. <laughs> it really was so fun <laughs> to bring that up during our morning meetings. Um, it's really cool being a part of the leadership team because we get to hear those things from other leads and share the stories that we have every morning bright and early 7:15 a.m. <laughs> Which is where we'll be going with our next episode where we will interview Carly French, Ponderosa Lodge spe- specialist and Claire Singer program lead, two dear friends and incredible colleagues. If you're interested in hearing more about our experiences with summer camps and more about what our roles look like this summer, stay tuned in for new episodes each week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Gather Round, a summer camp podcast.